Welcome to the Tech Bytes podcast from the Packet Pushers. On today's episode, we're continuing our sponsored conversation with Nokia about its SR Linux network OS and its fabric services system for automating and operating a data center fabric. And today we're going to drill more into fabric services system features, including a digital sandbox for emulation. Let's welcome back Funny Kaganti. He is Senior Director of Product Management at Nokia, and he's going to give us all the details on fabric services system. Uh, Funny, welcome back to the show. So Fabric Service System in your documentation, you talk about day zero, day one, day two operations. Can you give examples of, of how your Fabric approach addresses each of those? Sure. We take an abstract intent-based approach and we try to take care of all stages of the life of a fabric all the way from day zero design. And the day zero design, we also try to complement it with a unique capability that we call as digital sandbox that will allow you to uh, create a digital twin of your real network and uh, experiment whatever you're doing, whether you're in the design phase, you're trying out various topologies or whether you want to uh, play out a specific config change and understand the overall ripple effects to the network and then only uh, play it out on the real network. So it's a unique tool that we are building within tightly integrated within mm. our portfolio. That sandbox is really interesting to me, that idea that when I want to make a change, I can actually run it in a sandbox, test it, uh, see how it's going to look, and then actually push it to the live network. Works well with the existing processes of many customers who have a how do we validate a change before we make it, and how do we test it, how do we, and promotes a. And I think there's also a virtuous cycle about promoting the idea of I'm going to walk through the configuration, and then I'm going to validate, and then I'm going to implement, and that's uh, something we haven't seen a lot around enterprise IT. That's correct, Greg. Think of it like you want to go with Nokia or you don't want to go with Nokia. You're still evaluating. You can download our software and you can play around. And whatever you do on the sandbox is going to be exactly the same thing that's going to happen on the real network. Now, hmm. how, how am I able to say that confidently? It's the same code that runs on the switch, bit by bit, exact code. We have taken hmm. it, containerized it, and we use cloud native or to be specific Kubernetes, Kubernetes native approaches huh. to take n number of those containerized SR Linux boxes and uh, build a virtual fabric out of it. And so if you, when you are validating your design or when you're validating your configuration, I'm not going to say hundred percent, but uh, I can confidently tell you 70 to 80% of the uh, issues, you can find it on our sandbox before even you exercise them on the real network. So it, it it mitigates your risk, actually make more frequent changes, you know. Typically, most of the operators, once they have stabilized their network, they are very, very scared to make any changes. Uh, and a typical good example, Greg, is upgrade, you know. Let's say mm -hmm. I'm a vendor, I gave you a new software image for the switch. I mean, every customer gets scared. How will that new software coexist with my older version and uh, what kind of, will it work? Will it have any surprises? And we will enable you to try that out on the sandbox. Yeah. One of the things I wanted to come back to is you just hinted at something that I don't think we touched on in the previous episode, which was that the code that runs in your sandbox is actually the code that's on the switch. So this is goes back to our original podcast on your SR Linux, which is the operating system on the switches, is a ground up rewrite. It's all Linux. It's all modern software architectures. It's Kubernetes inside the switch to some lesser or greater extent. And so that means that the containers that run the, you know, the routing code, the switching code is all the same as you can run it in a sandbox 
It's not an emulation. It's not a simulation. It's not a almost or close. Or it's not like some sort of abstracted model. It's the same code. That's correct, Greg. And we made sure we don't need tight dependencies on the kernel. We do depend on kernel, but we are kind of kernel agnostic. As a result, all the major operating system code is actually everything is user space. As a result, we were able to very cleanly containerize it and with a very small footprint, use that containerized SR Linux as a component within our sandbox. So can you talk a little bit about how you're able to build the sandbox? Is it essentially tied to my current configuration of the fabric? No, absolutely. You know, so if, when you look at the overall workflow, the way you create fabrics using our abstract intent-based approach, the exact same workflow applies to the sandbox as well. We are strictly trying to follow our approach of digital twin, meaning we don't want to treat the real fabric and the sandbox fabric differently. The how you design, how you deploy, how you modify a fabric, we, we will be enforcing the exact same procedure via our fabric services system, whether it's a real fabric or a sandbox fabric. So the tools that you use or the flow that you use will be consistent. Okay, so I guess the thrust of my question was if I'm, I don't wanna to have to spend as much time sort of updating and monitoring the uh, emulation element as I do the real network. So you're saying all that happens automatically for me on the em emulation side. That's correct too. So you've mentioned a couple of use cases. Um, once I have this uh, sandbox and I wanna do things like test a change, make sure I've got reachability, make sure I'm not opening up holes, is that the kind of thing you're talking about? Yeah, and uh, you can even emulate failures. That way, uh, in the real network, you might be doing fine, but you know what are the common failures that are going to happen. And you want to test your configuration, your design for failures as well. That's going to be important. And uh, init during initial design stages, you might want to even exercise some interop also. Uh, so we have a feature within our sandbox that will allow you to physically connect to any kind of equipment, whether it's like a VMware hypervisor or a, a third-party vendor's router or a firewall, whichever is the device, you'll be able to physically connect, validate. And more importantly, as I'm explaining, you can test out various failure scenarios as well. Okay, so it's not just limited to the SR Linux. I can also check out configurations on you know, a firewall or some other networking device that's not Nokia's? That's correct. I mean, we will not support emulating of a third-party device like a firewall or anything, but we'll allow you to connect any device, whether it's a firewall or whatever is that equipment, into the sandbox, and you will be able to test it out as if that device is communicating with a real SR Linux box. Okay, that's good. So that actually <laughs> provides even more value for this because... So much of the data center is complex and I can, I guess I get more confidence in, in what I'm doing when I'm making changes. Yeah, because, you know, if you take the approach of, let me try to emulate every possible vendor product, you know, I mean, it's not only impossible, but trying to accurately em emulate, uh, it, it is not the right strategy. Rather, keep an open interface so that you can connect any type of device and do, do your uh, testing or do your validations. So you mentioned intent uh, earlier in the conversation, and that's become kind of a loaded word around data center automation and operations. How does Nokia see intent and, and how do you actually enable it? How am I as a network operator able to express my intent? The intent, as the name specifies, you know, we take an abstract approach. We call it as an abstract intent. And we 
only take the minimal attributes that are needed from the operator and which maps to the real functional items like uh, how many computes per rack are you trying to address by building this fabric and we auto build the relevant topology and various configurations are also auto built so that's what we call it as an intent based approach but in the previous session also i covered it when you go to a technical level it's all about you have a desired state as an operator and you go through n number of automations and you deploy it and you continuously monitor the network which is the current state and we are in a very tight closed loop continuously monitoring the current state and apply and making sure the current state is uh, same as the desired state and if the system detects a drift from the desired state what happens when you detect a change and this happens asynchronously almost instantaneously when we detect a change we call it as a intent deviation we pop it up as an alert to the customer and we give a flexible option to the customer he can accept that deviation sometimes the deviation in the config was for a good reason and it is a useful thing the operator has logged into the box and did a small change and you want to incorporate that change you know so you could accept that change as a result that new piece of config will get integrated into your golden config or if you think it was a mistake or it was a temporary change you had made you reject it and the fabric services system is going to bring the whole network back to what was the previously configured um, state uh, of the config okay I'm curious how or if you've seen examples of customers integrating this emulation or digital twin into their operations and I'm thinking about sort of the old ways of doing things where there'd be a meeting and you'd have maybe a CMDB and lots of people sitting around a table trying to figure out the implications of the change how does having a digital twin impact day-to-day -day operations just analyzing the config is not going to cut the deal for these modern data centers you got to do a good job of treating your emulation platform as if it is a real network meaning it needs to have enough functionalities that you can exercise and you are able to bring out all the issues in in our case we are not only going to emulate the control plane but also the data plane obviously you can test performance mm -hmm. the packets per second are surely going to be limited because they are running on a compute but you will be able to exercise every control and data plane scenario let's say you have an acl installed that matches on a prefix and tries to drop that traffic you will see those packets getting dropped on the sandbox as well so all the combinations of your forwarding and your policies like permit denies or any other policies like you want to do mirroring or Uh, send a few uh, sflow samples all those scenarios will be exercised on your sandbox as well the only difference is yes it's not the real data plane as a result the performance aspects and the timing scenarios will be different but the yeah. coexistence of every feature will be tested so the testing coverage isn't 100% but it can't be inherently short of this is this joke about it has to be done in live Uh, to to simulate that's what that's what everybody talks about in that scenario but it's it's certainly a lot of the way there one of the things i wanted to ask is would it be possible to use as a sandbox for api development so if i wanted to be able to write code to do some to leverage the fabric services architecture to test whether i could write a script or an ansible or to integrate it with something else is the sandbox useful for that as well absolutely greg in the newer devops and netops 
kind of an ecosystem, we can't expect every customer to build a physical network for their development efforts. And we absolutely position our sandbox as a virtual lab that can be used for extending our SR Linux. We mm. talked about how extendable SR Linux is. You can develop some NDK apps and all that. So all those apps can be developed and exercised on the sandbox. And let's say you deployed like 20 or 30 sandbox nodes and you build a fabric out of it and you want to mm -hmm. operate them as fabric and you want to program via northbound APIs of our FSS, absolutely, you know. So no, all kinds of development can be done against mm -hmm. these uh, sandbox environments. Which, and that's unique, I think, because most of the other vendors say you have to deploy a second instance and you have to allocate servers and deploy code onto them or, you know, there's no, they only have one version in the cloud. It's not like I can just use their test cloud instance to de develop my, I have to work on a genuine API. That's a, that's a differentiator that strikes me that stands out a little. And, and Greg, to add to that, we want this to be so, so easily consumable. We can enable a very small footprint implementation that we plan to call it as DS Lite, meaning digital mm. sandbox Lite. Or, you know, uh, you, you can always have it on-prem deployment on your own computes, but we'll also provide an easy way where it's just hosted on the cloud and uh, you... You get charged, but you don't go through the pain of organizing all your computes and going through the installation and all that. We do plan to offer it as a service so that you can actually, you have the easy way of getting the whole experience. Is the Sandbox a separate product or does it essentially come bundled with Fabric Services System? It is bundled, but it is also unique enough that some customers might consider it as a standalone, meaning Hey, look, I don't need all your automations. I I do plan to do a few automations on my own, but I like your emulation capabilities, you know? So we, we are flexible. We have designed it such a way that both deployment models are possible, but our preferred model is it comes together with the fabric services. So all the easy buttons, all the easy way to provision things are also inherited. Okay. Is it licensed separately or is it included with my fabric services system license? No, it is a separate licensable component, but we recognize the importance of it. So we want to give a small scale teaser license free of cost mm -hmm. that goes along with the fabric services. And only for some advanced scale and other capabilities, there'll be a licensable component. Got it. So I can try it, get a sense of it and decide if I want to license the full the full capabilities. Correct. Correct. Okay, so we, we've got the, the sandbox element if I want to test things, but I've also got my production network. Do I also, are you providing any kind of telemetry or monitoring so I can still actually have a real-time picture of, of what's going on in my production side? Absolutely, you know, just trying to create a digital twin, yes, it has its benefits, but on the real network, you absolutely have to monitor every possible metric at a very granular level. And as I was indicating, you can't just throw that raw telemetry data to the user. You have to correlate, analyze, and try to build what we call as an insight uh, database. So we try to project the contextual uh, information or the contextual insight. Let's say there is some uh, network problem happening, and we would try to figure out what is the potential root cause. And if it is by chance related to any combination of configurations that was done. So we don't just operate on 
the current operational state only, but we do try to combine that with the intent and the config that was pushed to the network. And we uh, we do a more complicated analysis and try to make the life of the user uh, simple and so that he can get the clear indication of the potential root causes. There's a couple of things about telemetry. There's two angles. One is not only the software that collects the telemetry, but actually the quality of the operating system, the ability of the operating system to generate telemetry data is a key concern. And there are a number of network operating systems out there that are still in production and people are still buying that really cannot stream gigabytes of telemetry data off without killing the CPU or running out of memory or the code isn't stable to be able to do that. So it does mean that you actually have to die to do this from the ground up. That's correct, Greg. And you'll, you'll find it very important to balance between how much telemetry is generated asynchronously as a on-chain event versus mm-hmm. how much you pull from the central collector. What, what I mean by that is, if you just allow all the switches to bombard the central collector, however good the implementation is, it's just mm-hmm. not going to scale, you know? So the good design you will find with any vendor is going to be a good balance between how much information you're collecting in a synchronous way and how much you're retrieving it on demand based on the current situation or the current need. Mm. Well, thank you, Fani. Uh, this was a really interesting discussion. If you want to find out more about Nokia Fabric Services and SR Linux, they are there are show notes uh, in this episode. You can go find them there. You also may want to take a listen to the April 26th Tech Byte episode. Uh, that was sort of part one of this series where we got into more details about SR Linux. Uh, in the meantime, thank you, Fani. And thank you, Nokia, for being a sponsor. Sponsors enable us to create this and many more fine free technical podcasts at packetpushers.net. We also have a community blog there. You can follow us on Twitter at packetpushers. Find us on LinkedIn. And if you wouldn't mind, give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. That really helps. And last but not least, remember that too much networking would never be enough.